I am so excited to bring you this week's episode with a very special guest. I hope you have a pen and paper handy and are ready to take all of the notes because there are some serious golden nuggets in today's episode. I am talking to the one and only Sarah Airy, who is a product-based business coach. She also has her own line of apparel along with all of her awesome, awesome courses. And we're really going to be diving into the nitty gritty of how to market a product on Instagram versus a service. We're going to be talking about reels, connecting with your audience, engaging with your audience, personal branding, brand colors, so much good stuff is inside this episode. And I hope you guys are as excited as me. I am truly such a fangirl of Sarah. I have followed her for a couple of years now since she really started her second business now. And I think it's quite hard to find someone who is super, super genuine and authentic on Instagram. I'm just going to say it. There's a lot of fake people out there. <laughs> there's a lot of people who may be starting a business for the wrong reason. But Sarah is just the most authentic, warm, bubbly, good soul. And you can tell this just by looking at her Instagram for a couple of seconds. So I'm really excited for her to share a little bit about her story and her insights into her business. This girl has over 20,000 Instagram followers. So she might sound super humble and super cool, but she is popping off and she has a truly successful business that I admire so much. And this is really going to be a fantastic episode. So make sure if you do enjoy the episode to tag Sarah and I on Instagram, I'm going to have the links in the show notes below and let's get into this. Welcome to the Dishing Up Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Alan, a former nine-to-five escapee turned six-figure business owner. This is your place to learn everything there is to know about building your dream life and career as a social media manager. Whether you're just starting out and feeling lost and confused, or you want to take your current business to the next level and double your income, this is the podcast for you. Social media is such a powerful platform, and it's enabled me to book out my services and smash the six-figure milestone with only 3,000 Instagram followers. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, a glass of rosé with me, and let's turn those dreams into a reality. I have so many questions to ask you, Sarah, but let's just get started with you introducing yourself, saying hello, sharing a little bit about your business and how you got started. Yeah, totally. So it all began, it was several years back, I was at uni studying business. And in my final semester, we had to do a placement. And I thought, hey, instead of doing it in someone else's company, why don't I do it in my own? So I saw that people were creating jewelry dishes on Pinterest. And so I got some clay and created some myself. And it was really good to start very small and in the handmade space because when you first launch a business you are going to make mistakes and so the mistakes didn't cost a lot wasn't a biggie and there was a Christmas market coming up so I sold through that and then I turned it into a proper business and I really focused on e-commerce and I, it was definitely slow going at first and it was hard. Sales were slow, but I was like a dog with a bone built it up, built it up. And I started getting questions from people asking for advice, um, you know, based on marketing and anything, branding, photography. And so I decided that I would pivot into more of an educational space. And I wanted to be essentially the person that I needed when I first started out. And that's what I still remind myself of you know we can get distracted and feel overwhelmed by things 
But I always tell myself, you just need to be the person that you needed when you first started. So I pivoted into this educational space and I then missed the product-based world. And so at the start of this year, I launched an apparel line and I utilized my current audience business owners. So it's called Makers Club for those of us making it happen and I know you've got your hoodie yes which suits you so much aesthetically and also you know you so make it happen you know and so that was really great being able to pull up my sleeves and practice what I preach and be back in the product-based world and so that's where I am now I have the odd pop-up of my Makers Club apparel line but I predominantly sell courses and just help business owners with their marketing on Instagram. Oh, I love it. And speaking of my Makers Club jumper, I have it hanging up over there because I had to uh, wash it today because great Makers Club story. I was playing around with a what I thought was a confetti cannon for an Instagram reel, as we all do. <laughs> and it turned out it wasn't confetti. It was one of those pink powders like people use in gender oh, reveals. Yes. And it went all over my clothes in my office. So that's why no. I'm not wearing it today. But I was like, you know, that's an authentic Makers Club story right there. Yeah, more than happy for there to be Makers Club stuff, for there to be stains from making it happen, you know? Yeah. It yeah. all comes with the territory. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, the one thing I really wanted to pick your brain around is really Instagram, because am I right in saying that that's basically your, your main platform or your one platform you use to market your businesses? Yes. Yeah. Instagram. Do a bit of email marketing as well, but yeah, predominantly Instagram. I love that. And to me, that shows the power of the platform. And we were actually funnily enough talking about this before we started pushing record for the podcast. But I think a lot of people get so distracted and overwhelmed by how many social media platforms there are out there. And my sort of answer is always to people just choose one, like specialize, go go in niche, you know, really focus on doing one thing well. Could you explain maybe how your Instagram journey has helped your business as maybe an example for people who are feeling a little bit overwhelmed starting out and wondering, should I do Instagram? Should I do TikTok? Should I do LinkedIn? Like there's, there is so many out there. Yeah, I would definitely push your advice, you know, just pick one and start there because when we're getting started on a platform, we it does take time and, you know, we need to figure out what kind of content to create, who we're speaking to. And it's so much better to just focus on one and build that up faster versus being spread too thin across many and being mediocre at all of them. And the biggest question to ask is, where are my ideal customers hanging out? Where are they? And they might be across multiple platforms, but pick one where they actually are. And I know my ideal customers, clients, they're all on Instagram and in the product-based world, um, that is very much the same as well. And it's just a matter of creating content that they will connect with and content that they will relate with. And we don't need to put up a post a day or a reel a day. It is about consistency, but I would definitely focus on quality over quantity yeah, create content that they can resonate with and being consistent. And it's amazing what can happen. But the first question to ask yourself is, where are my ideal customers? Where are they hanging out? And then just start there. Give yourself time. No one's an overnight success. 
Mm, I love that. And something I really love about sort of the way you have marketed your, your business and your courses on Instagram and how I actually came across you in the first place. However, I think it must've been two years ago. Did you kind of start the courses too? Yeah. Around then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember I saw you'd commented on one of my Instagram posts and it's such a simple sort of technique when it comes to Instagram, just engaging with your community, commenting and interacting with people. And I just read your comment and I'm like, wow, this is a really nice comment. It's not spammy. She's actually read my caption. Wow. And I remember clicking over to your profile and just being like, follow. And it was just that immediate connection to you because you were just showing up as this authentic human on Instagram. And I think people really connect to that. Was that sort of a tactical approach? Were you thinking about that? Or was that you just like, hey, I'm starting this, you know, branch, this new business. This is how it's it's going to look. This is how I want to present myself. You're so right in saying that people connect well to authenticity and we can get overwhelmed by all the people on Instagram and we sometimes fail to see them as actual people. But They are people. And in real life, if we're at a social gathering or a get together, whatever it is, a barbecue, if we are like scammy or weird with people, like (laughs) I almost like to see my comments or my DMs as real life. And so I imagine what would I say to that person in real life? So I would have likely read your caption and then imagine that we had just met at a networking event or at a friend's barbecue and what would I say and people are going to respond well to that because as human beings one of our core needs is a need for belonging and connection and so that's a really good way and definitely back when I first got started I focused on that I really doubled down on identifying, you know, ideal customers and just being, you know, friendly and just being, you know, a good person type thing. And now that reels have been invented and there's so much reach with reels, I've more pivoted to just focusing on growing my account that way. But even when we respond to comments on our own content, imagine, imagine, imagine that you are seeing that person in real life. What would you say that goes such a long way? And do we, you know, do you make the effort to find that person's name? Sometimes their username doesn't have the name. And so it goes such a long way to actually look through their account, look through some captions, figure out their name. People, you know, people notice that kind of thing. They don't forget if you've used their name. So just being a person goes a really long way. I love that. And it's so true. I think something I do with my clients is when you, when you get a DM or a comment or something, I'll always double check their profile to check their name as well. Cause often people have names in their username that aren't actually their name. And you'll be like, Hey, so-and-so. And and it just comes across real cringy. So Mm -hmm. it's it's such a small thing, but I think it's like, again, just going, putting that little bit of extra effort into connect with your audience and connection is my thing. I'm all like connections to conversions, like Instagram is all about the connection. It really is because it involves people and people need connection. Love that. Now, the thing that I think is really cool about your business is you kind of have the best of both worlds. You're involved in product marketing, but also, you know, service-based in terms of marketing your courses. I'd love to hear your thoughts on your experience and also working with your clients. What's sort of the key differences when it comes to marketing a product versus marketing a service on Instagram? Yeah, that's such a good question. And there are some really big key differences. So first one that comes to mind is when we are promoting a course, we do want to focus on that transformation. What can this do? We don't want to focus so much on it's got five modules. It's got this many lessons, this much watch time. 
We want to focus on what they're going to get out of it. You know, let's say it's a reels course. The transformation is follower growth and it's high views and it's reels that you're proud of rather than it being this many modules and also using that social proof um, as well. And that is important for products too, screenshotting those DMs from customers and putting those up. So that is a real biggie and particularly in the email marketing space, there are some big differences. So with product-based marketing, we want to keep those emails very short and sweet and we want to focus on big imagery and we want to make sure that our email marketing platform can connect up with our website platform and that people can just click on an image or on a button and it will take them directly to the product listing. So keeping it short, sharp, clear call to actions, Focusing on any uh, pieces of urgency, whether that's 20% Black Friday sale goes in 48 hours and, you know, having a big countdown, that's really important. Whereas in the service-based world, when it comes to email marketing, we do want to take them on that journey, focus more on the transformation, what they're going to get out of it and, you know, imagery, et cetera, isn't the focus. It's more based on words. So it has been very fascinating doing both. Yeah, for sure. But there are still similarities. Things like crowds attract crowds. So whether it's product or service-based, I always recommend, especially if it's over a launch period, to make it clear that people are buying from you and they're loving it, whether it's a course or a hoodie. So what that can tangibly look like is, let's say, actually, I created a reel like this recently where I asked customers, you were actually part of this. Yes, I was in it. (laughs) For a video of them wearing their apparel or a photo. And I put those images and clips in time with a piece of audio. And that physically showed people, you know, with their purchases, loving it. And in the service-based world, that could be a montage of, let's say, screenshots of wins. Let's say, you know, my reel got um, 10K views. This is my most viewed reel, that kind of thing. So screenshots of of that social proof. And so through doing this, we are going to uh, generate more buzz because we are showing that our products or, you know, course services, digital products are in demand. So, yeah. That's a really good thing to do over a launch period for either party. Yeah. I love that. And again, it comes back to that connection and just connecting with your audience. That's kind of the foundation of everything. And even for me, from the perspective as a customer, when you sent me a DM being like, hey, do you have any footage so you can be in my reel? Like, it makes you feel really special. You're like, oh my gosh, Sarah's messaged me. Like, oh, I'll be in a reel. Like, it's so, it's so fun. And it's such a small thing. And I think for me, something that I've noticed is, Sometimes those reels aren't the ones that get the most views, you know, the ones where you're reposting customer like or client comments or reviews, testimonials, they don't necessarily get heaps of likes or heaps of comments, but I think they're so important for that connection element. And I guess it can also lead to more conversions, which is ultimately what we're going for. Yeah, some pieces of content, we want them to grow our accounts. You know, we do want reels that are going to get those views, but then other pieces of content, we just want them to nurture and convert. And so that's a great example. A reel or a post with reviews, not going to get the views, but it's going to help to nurture and convert. Yeah, so we can sometimes get so focused on growth and views and then we neglect the other side. Love that. And speaking of reels, I have to bring up reels because I know you have a reels course and you have had some that have gone very viral. Have you had any surprises with reels where you're just like, what on earth? Like, why is this one going crazy or any fun stories about your reels? Yeah. So 
it's often the simple reels that you slap together. They are the ones that can get the high views versus the one that we, the ones that we agonize over and we spend ages on and perhaps they don't get the views. So that's been funny. Definitely something that I've learned the hard way is the importance of always saving to the camera roll. There have been occasions mm-hmm. where I've spent a while on a reel, I'm about to post it and then Instagram throws a bit of a hissy fit and maybe a random clip just is removed and you kind of have to start from scratch. Very rare, but you know, glitches do happen because Instagram has just got so many different, you know, it's, it's got the capabilities to send and receive messages. There's stories, there's posts, there's just so many different things that, you know, there are going to be glitches. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say sometimes the simple reels do get the most views. And so it just reinforces the importance of getting into reels. I know some people are still on the fence because they probably see these really fancy technologically advanced reels with these incredible transitions and they're thinking how do I do that I don't know you know I'm just not going to post reels and that's how I felt when reels first came out I just didn't know how to use them and so I kind of hated them because you know it's out of your comfort zone but just honestly simple lip syncing reels uh, behind the scenes montage those kinds of things can go a really long way yeah mine's definitely the same like all of my ones with complicated transitions or like crazy things going on or like I I have a thing with like shooting on my big nice DSLR camera because of my videography background I'm like oh the quality true and it's like my, I think my most popular reel is one that my boyfriend filmed up on the hill near our house just on on my phone you know mm-hmm. and you're like gosh damn it like why do I even bother with all this why? other stuff why Instagram Uh, It's so good though. And I think one of the really interesting things about reels that I think a lot of people forget is you can go viral, but you still have to have the other engaging content to catch people's attention, to get them to hit follow after they've seen your viral reel, to have the, the right branding and the right story. And I guess a vision around your Instagram page. And I know you're very big on branding and having a, you know, beautiful brand, but also a brand that tells a story. What would be your top tips for someone who is kind of getting started on Instagram or starting their business and they're a bit confused about branding and even maybe why it's important and what they should be doing with their branding on Instagram? Totally. Yeah, it can be a confusing topic because we hear that phrase a lot, brand and branding, and it can lead us to think, what does it mean? And if, you know, if you're just getting started on Instagram, particularly if you're in the product-based world, I would start off with the visual side of branding. Now, this is because people will connect the quality of our visuals, whether that's what our feed looks like, what our individual posts or photos look like, etc., with the quality of the product. So it's super important that we have a high standard with our branding. So I would suggest that you start by figuring out your brand vibe. Is this fresh? Is it funky? Is it sort of an editorial sort of look where you use kind of lots of shadows and neutral colors? What's your brand vibe? And then from there, you'd want to identify your color palettes and your font suite and your logo. So with the color palette, there's no rules as to how many colors exactly, but I would definitely suggest having a balance of lighter colors and darker colors so that we've got contrast because it can be really tricky to create real covers quote tiles when we've only got dark colors or we've only got light colors because the text won't show up so 
having a variety in terms of darker and lighter colors is important for the palette. Good design has balance. And then in terms of the fonts, you want a header font and a body font and a subhead font. Um, so a subhead font can just be really simple. It's often used for buttons on the website. Just capitalize sans serif, which means no flicks on the ends of each letter, header and body. And then you just want to stick to those assets. Pretend you're married to them. When you're creating a real <laughs> cover, do not stray from your font suite. Do not stray from your color palette. And photo shoots, when we're taking photos, we want everything to align with those assets. So use backdrops that align with your color palette. In terms of the filters that you add, they need to align with your vibe. Because if you've got a really fresh, funky brand vibe, you wouldn't want to use an earthy, grainy filter because that's contradictory. Whereas if you've got a really you know, warm, earthy brand vibe, then you would use a grainy filter. So make sure that there is just this cohesion across everything visual that you do. Same with packaging. You know, We want the colors on the packaging to be the same as the palette. Same with the fonts and everything. So definitely starting off with nailing those visual brand elements is so important so that when people jump on your Instagram feed, it makes sense. There is cohesion. <laughs> we live in a really messy, noisy world. And so when we come across an Instagram page that makes sense and there is that level of visual cohesion, it's almost like a breath of fresh air. And again, in the product-based world, even more important just because of the tangible nature of products. And then another aspect of branding is definitely our voice and our story and everything that we bring through. So it is also important to have a humanized brand and to not just talk about our products all the time, but we want to weave through you know, our thoughts and ourselves and our story and the journey of our business into the content rather than just focusing on the finished products. That was a massive word vomit. I hope that all made sense. <laughs> no, it was amazing. That was so good. I'm almost like itching. Like I should have had like a notebook <laughs> out here. Like I'm going to have to re-listen to this interview, take some notes. It's so good. And one of the things that really stood out to me that you just said was that, that term marrying your brand, like being married to it like that. I'm just like, oh, that is the best way to phrase it. Because I've had students in the past who, whether it's with their own content or with their, you know, social media clients or businesses they're working with, they get almost like a shiny object syndrome where they see a new Canva template and they're like, oh, but that one's <laughs> so cool. or That one's so trendy. And that's something I love about your Instagram. It, it is very consistent. Like how long have you had your like brand colors and fonts for that you've sort of stuck to? I would say it would be... It would be over a year now, probably a year and a couple of months. Yeah. And it's okay to play around with different, like we can still play around within the realm of our branding, eh? but I so mm. know what you mean. Shiny object syndrome is such a trap. So it's like, yeah, use it as a hobby, like have fun in your own time. Just don't post it on your business account. If you've, if you've found that template. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I think one of the really cool things about branding is you become recognized for those colors. Like I've even caught myself when I'm online shopping and cause I'm always trying to find like pink clothing, yep. like here I am and all my pink yep. and I'll be browsing through and I'll find like a light purple and I'll be like, oh, that'd be really perfect for Sarah's branding, <laughs> but not for me. You know, you think of people when you see certain colors or patterns or even fonts. And I even had someone comment on like one of my reels, again, one that I was doing with confetti. I love my confetti. I love my pink colors. And they were like, this is the most Alan real I've ever seen. And I was like, 
thank you. Like, mm-hmm. yes, that is, that is Ellen. And I love that my audience can think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you had the same, same kind of response to your branding before? Yes. And that's how you know you've won. When someone sends you a photo, when they're out shopping and they see a cushion in your brand colors and they go, oh my gosh, you need this. That's, that's how you know you've won. That association, there is so much power in that. Uh, yeah, so I get the DMs, you know, I saw this, thought of you. Um, and it's so satisfying because you know in that moment that you've been consistent enough that despite everyone living very busy lives and despite people having a lot of responsibilities, whether it's in their personal life or in their work life, you know that you've been consistent enough that you have kind of penetrated through and it's been enough for them to create that association you know you've got a bit of real estate in their head and they actually recall what your brand colors are they actually recall that vibe that's a really big deal because we live in such a noisy world and yeah there is just and it opens doors as well when we're consistent with our visuals let's say you Ellen you wanted to launch a physical product you would automatically know what color it would be You know, (laughs) it really can open doors and it's how we create a community because humans are very visual. It's one of our core senses. And so if our visual assets are very messy, our feed, our website, our reels, if that's all messy and there's no patterns, it can be hard for people to connect because the visual side of things uh, is lacking. And that's such a core sense. I love that. I feel like I could talk to you all day, Sarah, but I'm going to wrap it up with one more question because I know you're a busy lady. What is some kind of, this is a question I always love to ask people, but what's some kind of business learnings, maybe some failures or some challenges that you've had to come overcome in the last couple of years that you think you could share with this audience and maybe they can learn from it and avoid that mistake themselves? (laughs) Yeah, I think a biggie is sounds cheesy, but the mindset, when I first started out, I wasn't an overnight success. I heard crickets and we sometimes do want to just kind of throw in the towel because it's a protective mechanism. No one enjoys failing, but it's important to remember that uh, nothing worth having comes easy. So it's just a matter of trying and trying and trying and refining, refining, refining and realizing that no one came out of the womb an expert. That goes such a long way. And then probably in a more practical, tangible sense, when it comes to creating content, it really is about identifying what our ideal customers want to see. What do they want to read? So for example, let's say there is a business selling baby clothes or baby wraps their ideal customers are mothers. And what's something that mums need to hear? Perhaps um, it's easing that mum guilt, or maybe they need to feel heard in a certain way. And it's about creating content that's going to align with them. Because at the end of the day, people aren't coming on Instagram because they want to buy baby clothing. Maybe 3% of people do at any given time, or it'd be less than that. But the majority of people, they're coming on Instagram because they want to feel connected. They want that sense of belonging. They want escapism. Maybe they are procrastinating. And so if we can create content that meets those needs, then they're just naturally going to keep coming back for more. So it's about identifying who our ideal customers are and what do they need to hear. And it doesn't always have to be value in terms of I feel like in the product-based world we hear it a lot from coaches make sure you're sharing value make sure you're sharing value and if we're selling baby clothing or earrings or apparel it could be easy to think well I'm not solving a problem I'm not educating on anything so how do I share value sure you can give some styling tips 
but you're, you're a little bit limited in that respect. So it's important to remember that value can also look like providing wisdom and encouragement for people and making people feel less alone or making people laugh through sharing your personality in a reel or making people feel emotionally part of the journey of bringing your products to life or whatever it is. So that's really important as well. Or maybe in the coaching, um, you know, more service-based world, I know it's very common for us to, to struggle with comparison. So it could even be a, a post or a reel where we weave in our own story about comparison and we provide some encouragement and some wisdom for people struggling with that. So yeah, it's always just about meeting the needs of our ideal customers slash clients. Amazing. So many nuggets of gold in there. I love it. I can't, I can't agree with you more. It's all amazing. And just to wrap up, where can listeners follow you? How can they work with you? Give us a little bit of a sales pitch here. <laughs> the mic is yours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oh, thank you. Yeah. So my Instagram is sarah.eri.co. Come over, come say hi. I've got a ton of tips, particularly in the area of product marketing. I love reels and branding and organic marketing. And my website is sarahairy.com. I've got a few courses that you can jump on the wait list for. Um, and I've got some freebies as well. So there might be one linked in my bio, depending on when you're listening to this, there might be some on my website. But yeah, come say hi, message me if you um, have any questions and yeah, so happy to be here.